This is the She Force Show with Amy Carlson, where you will find inspiring conversations and interviews, all to help you on your path to becoming more fit, more fun, and more free. Welcome to SheForce. I'm your host, Amy Carlson. And today I am so delighted to introduce you to Barbara Hewson, one of my favorite authors. Welcome, Barbara. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. First of all, I just have to ask you, how did you get started helping women with money? So I am a financial therapist and wealth coach. And I'm telling you, Amy, I never thought this is what I would be doing with my life. I, I helping women, you know, understand, get smart about money and create wealth. I grew up in a wealthy family. And the only advice my father ever gave me about money was don't worry. And so I thought that was great advice. I didn't want to worry. I just wanted to spend it. And then I married a man who was a financial advisor stockbroker. And, but what I didn't realize is that he turned out to be a compulsive gambler. And over the course of our 15 year marriage, he lost a fortune of my money, of my inheritance. And here's the insane part. I continued to let him manage the money because that's how ignorant and how terrified I felt by anything financial. But finally, after our divorce, I decided money's just not my thing. I do not want to deal with it. Well, I had this theory, if you don't deal with your money, your money will deal with you. And in the next year, I got tax bills for way over a million dollars for back taxes I couldn't pay for illegal deals I got us in. My ex had left the country, so I was left holding the bag, and my father wouldn't lend me the money, and I didn't have anywhere close to a million. And that's when I knew I had to get smart. And at the time I was a, a journalist writing for the San Francisco Business Times. And I was hired for a writing project, a research project to interview women who were smart with money. And those interviews changed my life. I not only got smart about money, but I wrote my first book, <laughs> How Prince Charming Isn't Coming, How Women Get Smart About Money. And now 30 years later, here am I talking to you, an expert on finances. Isn't it funny how we can be led <laughs> to the things that we just don't think yeah. we're are going to be part of our path. And it's always so much better than what we planned when we let the universe just take us where we need to go. Yes. Life never turns out the way you think, but it always turns out to what best if you go with that flow. I agree. And I feel like the people that can advise us the best are people that who have actually been through things. And you obviously have been through uh, the whole gamut as far as it goes with finances. Yeah, and it I sounds see. like you were kind of in a sink or swim situation. Oh, there's no kind of. It was sink or swim. But I learned how to swim. And so I know what it feels like when women feel like they're sinking, they're going down. And I know how it's possible to go to not just surviving, but thriving. I love that. I love the word thriving. So why do you think women have such difficulty in making money or managing money? Well, I think there's probably quite a few reasons, but they all boil down to three. 
One, we devalue ourselves. We give away our our skills, our experience, our knowledge for free or bargain prices because there's this little voice in our head that says, who do you think you are? You're not worth that much. And from that place, the second reason is we are notoriously codependent. We put everybody else's needs before our own, which sounds noble, but codependency, self-denial always leads to anger, to resentment, to pain, not the stuff that success is made of. But ask us to do it differently. Ask us to put ourselves first and we feel guilty, which brings me to the third, is that we don't want to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. We don't want to go where we fear, but success in anything always lies just outside our comfort zone. So that's the number one requirement to, to, do, to, to go to that next level anywhere, but especially in money. You do what you fear because that's how you succeed. Yes. And boy, do we try to avoid that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> we, we are wired for survival and anything lo looks threatening. And it's very interesting because quite a few studies have shown us that men and women process financial information differently. A man, for example, when a man looks at the market and investing in stocks, he gets all excited. It's, he, it's yeah. like, it's challenging. When a woman looks at the market investing in stocks, she sees a threat. And so she shuts down. But interesting, that's why women are notoriously known for being really successful investors, because we take fewer risks and we're more conservative. So that's the good news. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? So how, in your experience, you know, I love looking at words from different people's point of view, because it really matters. And when you talk about wealth, what does wealth mean to you? So wealth is not an amount. Wealth is a mindset. My definition of wealth is you have more than enough and you know it. You have more than enough and you know it. I've met, and I'm sure you have, Amy, people who are worth millions, many millions, and they feel insecure. And I've met women who have far less and feel bountiful. So really, it's that feeling that I have more than enough and I know it. Because it's the well-being part that we're going on. Wealth without well-being, what's the point, you know? What's the point? Well, and it's interesting, the word wealth comes from the root word wheel, W-E-A-L, which means well-being. I didn't know that. I love that. Wealth and, and what you just said about wealth without well-being. What's the point? What is the point? Oh, my gosh. So creating wealth, it's not just about the practical process. I believe creating wealth, it's who you have to become. You have to become a container that can attract, that can sustain, that can grow your wealth. And to do that, it's not about learning the facts as much as it is about claiming your power. And I think the reason women, the big reason they have difficulties with money is because it's their fear and ambivalence about power, because we don't understand power from a feminine perspective. My definition of a powerful woman is someone who knows who she is, who knows what she wants, and expresses that in the world unapologetically. So essentially, our fear of our power is our fear of becoming all that we're meant to be, instead of watering ourselves down so we don't make waves.
Yes. I, when I read your book and, you know, started to get into that, what you were just talking about our which relationship book? with the word power, sacred success. Oh, okay. I was wondering. Yes. Which one. yes. I mean, that resonated with me so much about the word power, how I felt about it. And that was a how huge did you, turn. How did you feel about it? Oh, good question. <laughs> I felt like it was something that when you talk about the difference between, you know, masculine and feminine too, I really associated it more with masculine and kind of like an over, like powering over something, which felt uncomfortable to me. And so um, speaking of mindset that you mentioned before, that's been a lot of the work that that I've been doing myself with my mindset around wealth, power, success, all of those words and what they mean to me. It's a good inquiry. It's a good inquiry. Yeah. And so um, I just mentioned your book, Sacred Success, and you have written, well, you've written several books and your latest seven books. Actually eight, but my first one is out of, it's it's out of print. So I have seven in print. So your latest book, can you tell me a little bit about that one? I haven't read that yet. Rewire for Wealth. So Rewire for Wealth, about, I don't know, six, seven years ago, maybe longer, something really interesting happened. So I've been doing this work, empowering women financially for over 30 years. And then six or seven years ago, I kind of lost interest. I don't know what happened. I just, I lost interest in my work. I started dreading going to work. And this like took me by surprise. It like, this is not just a job. This is my mission. This is why I'm on this planet. And so I decided to just take some time out and see what was going on. I felt there was something missing. It was so clear to me, but I didn't know what that meant. So I just decided to surrender and just allow the universe to show me what was going on. And one day I was checking my email and this article on neuroscience showed up. And I read this article and I swear, I think my brain lit up like a Christmas tree thinking this is the missing piece. So I spent years studying, maybe four or five years studying neuroscience and integrating it into my work. And I saw how understanding how the mind and brain work together expedites the learning processes. It speeds up building confidence. It's it's amazing. It's amazing because I don't know. It's changed my life. Oh, the whole field of neuroscience. Yeah, it's mind-blowing, isn't it? It's exciting. It's exciting because you realize trying to change your behavior without changing what rules your behavior, which is your brain, it's really hard work, almost impossible. It's like going against gravity. But when you understand that the mind is what shapes the brain, and by controlling and shifting your thoughts and feelings, you can change the way your brain's wired, which makes changing your behavior almost effortless. Now, granted, it is very, very difficult and takes massive effort in the beginning to change your brain. But once you do, it's, it's miraculous. Oh my goodness. I can't wait to read the book. So how do, you know, in a nutshell, how do you rewire your brain for financial success? I worked on this for years and I got it down to a three-step process, mostly by using me and my clients as guinea pigs. And three steps, I'll do them really quickly. 
The three steps are recognize, reframe, respond differently. Recognize a thought that is not healthy that you don't want, and you recognize it a certain way. You recognize it with curiosity. Let's say you're always thinking there's never enough because there's never enough, right? Well, the brain has what's called confirmation bias. It will only see, it will only do, it will only acknowledge that which confirms your beliefs. So let's say you find yourself thinking there's never enough. So you recognize that with curiosity, not with criticism or judgment. Isn't that interesting? I am having a thought about there's never enough. So what you're doing is you are separating yourself from that thought because the thought is not the truth. The thought is simply something that you have repeated over and over again till it started feeling like the truth. So you just recognize it with curiosity. Isn't that interesting? And then second, you reframe it with a healthier thought. And it could be, uh, oh, there's always enough. Now, do you believe it at first? Of course you don't believe it but you repeat it. The key is to repeat that refrain 100,000 times a day. Just keep repeating it. And soon it will, those old neural pathways that say there's never enough will start weakening. And new neural pathway that says there's more than enough will start strengthening. But you have to do the third step. And the third step is respond differently. Respond as if that new reframe is true. And that doesn't mean, oh, you go out and start spending like there's plenty. That means you start saving. So you make sure there's more than enough. That you start doing things that won't feel normal. They won't feel natural. You won't want to do them. But the sign that you don't want to do it is exactly where you need to go. Powerful. And I love that you have broken it down into three steps. That makes it more accessible. I'm sure that's part of what you learned too with researching the neuroscience. Well, I know I wanted to make it simple for me to reprogram that brain. And so, yeah, so I broke it down to three steps. Simple's good. I agree. <laughs> so I love speaking on this show about confidence. And I can only imagine in the years that you have been doing what you do and working with as many people as you have, what you've witnessed in seeing people's lives shift and how that affects their confidence. I once heard a quote, confidence is a memory of success. That the way, if you wanna build your confidence, the key way, and I learned this from, I wrote the book, Secrets of Six Figure Women, and I interviewed 154 women who made six and seven figures. And what I discovered was, I discovered, it was mind blowing, changed my life. But what I discovered is that they developed their confidence by doing what they were scared to do or didn't think they could do. Every time you do something you don't think you can do, every time you go past your fear, no matter how scared you are and you do it, even if you fall down, you get back up and you keep going, that's how you build your confidence muscles. Yes, which goes back to what you were speaking to earlier. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, I get scared all the time. I scare myself all the time. <laughs> and after I have my little panic moment, I go, oh good. That means I'm going to the next level. That means I'm building my confidence. That sounds like rewiring. Totally rewiring. <laughs> totally. Good catch. There's your framework in action. I love it. I have a question also about, you use the term under earners in your book, 
Can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah, I wrote the book Overcoming Under-Earning because I was a chronic under-earner, chronic, all my life, till my 50s. And I, when I wrote the book, Secrets of Six-Figure Women, I started making six figures before I even finished writing it. So I wanted to see if I could teach others what I was learning. And that came the book Overcoming Under-Earning. And let me explain what under-earning is. An under-earner is anyone who earns less than she needs or desires despite her efforts to do otherwise. You can make six figures and still be an under-earner. And you can make less and not be. That's powerful. And I just have to say, too, how in writing the book, how it started to affect your life while you were writing it. Here's the deal. I never write things I'm an expert on. I only write about things I want to learn. So I was, I'm not an expert on anything I write about. I write it for selfish reasons because I wanted to overcome under earning. I wanted to learn how to make six figures. I wanted to do that. So yeah, yeah. nobody learns more as a, the Course in Miracles says, which is my, my book, the Course in Miracles says nobody learns more than the teacher. I totally agree. My background is in teaching and that's how I continue to get better at things is like, well, I'm going to teach it. And it worked. It helped me get better at those things. So um, I also love to speak about on this show about creativity. And I feel like your own creativity, as we've been speaking, I, in my mind, I can see many ways that you are creative, but so a couple of the things that I'm just picking up on and then feel free to, to add to this. I feel like you got very creative when you got between a rock and a hard place, how you talked about at the beginning of this interview, when you found yourself in that difficult financial situation, I feel like when you write books, that's probably you're tapping into your creativity. What else do you feel like you use your creativity in? in your job and how you work with people. I feel everything is, is creative. Our, our mind is creative. We're always yeah. creating. Yeah. I don't know anything I do that's not creative. And sometimes like when I was between a rock and a hard place, as you said, that creation came from crisis, as it often does. My books tend to come from curiosity. So creativity can be spurred by many things. But uh I don't know a time. I don't know anything. My relationship with my husband is creative. I'm always finding ways to make it better. This is creative. You and I talking about this. This is creative to me. Everything's creative. Yes. That makes me think of the um, Einstein quote about you can look at everything as a miracle or not. And that's kind of my feeling about creativity as well. So creative beings. I agree. I really believe that too at my core. Yes. So as we wrap this all up, Barbara, can you think of three things that a woman could do to get smart about money starting now? Yeah, I'll tell you what I did. This is how I learned because we're busy. We're busy women. And this is not something most women are excited about learning. I sure (laughs) wasn't. But what I did is I broke it down into three simple steps. And it was amazing. And you try, I still do these to this day, but you try this for, I don't know, three or four months and you will be amazed at the changes because it's small steps consistently taken. 
that lead to the remarkable results. So every day, read something about money. Even if it's for one or two minutes, I'm not saying read a whole book. I'm saying take the newspaper, open it to the business section and just peruse the headlines. Or when you're standing in line at the grocery store, pick up Money Magazine instead of People Magazine and leap through it. Or before you go to bed, take a money book and read a paragraph. That's all. Every day, read something about money. Every week, have a conversation about money with someone that knows more than you. I think it is our secrecy and silence that keeps us stuck. When's the last time you went out with a friend or a colleague or a family member and said, and ask them questions, pick their brain? How did you get smart? What did you do? What's the best advice you were ever given? What's the worst advice? What's the smartest thing you did? What's the biggest mistake you made? What's, what are some things you read? Just ask questions. So every day read, every week talk, and every month save. Automatically, automatically have money transferred from your checking account or your payroll check to a savings account. And because you don't miss what you don't see. And it doesn't need to be a lot, just a few dollars. But yeah. it's amazing how those small amounts add up. So every day read, every week talk, and every month save. Watch what happens in four months. That's amazing. I love those steps, you know, how well laid out they are, the simplicity of them. What a great note to end on. Thank you, Barbara, so much. And to our viewers, our listeners, I just always say information without integration doesn't go anywhere. So what's one thing that you can take away today that you can implement and start to step into your transformation? Barbara, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure. I love talking to you. And as we like to say here at SheForce, know yourself, be yourself, free yourself. Hey, thanks for listening to the SheForce show. If you'd like more information about what we do, you can go to our website, www.sheforcecoach.com. Be sure to follow or subscribe to our show on your podcast app of choice. Until next time.